On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks traded for Rashawn Holmes so that they could draft Omax Prosper. But can Rashawn Holmes be better than he was for the Kings? Can he be the stopgap center? And is he better than Dwight Powell? Talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks don't believe you shouldn't be here loyalty never fades away and welcome you are locked on to the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and nba channel manager for the locked on podcast network your team every day thanks for being part of the show and making locked on maps your first listen every day join the raccoon squad be an everyday or subscribe or follow for free Just search locked on mavericks wherever you get your podcast or on youtube but the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything Hello. Let us know in the comment section. I'm trying to see something here. Do you believe Rashawn Holmes is better than Dwight Powell? No, oh, come on. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see what happens. If you want to support this show, text us. Get text alerts from us and all kinds of stuff on Mavs rumors and more. Ask us questions. Subscribe to our subtext. Get text straight to your phone. Subscribe. Uh, below and click the link in the description or text the number. And joining me as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs. Dot com at Studio 41, the Rashawn Holmes homie, the One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I'm saying come on because we know how what the comments are going to be about. <laughs> there there are think... some, though, that are pushing back. It's, Ooh, it, it is okay. like Jon Snow Battle of the Bastards, but it is, <laughs> it is a few. And it may be just uh, Bobby Corrala's burners. I, I don't even know if we can start there because there was some big news in the Mavs world. We're going to talk about Rashawn Holmes. We're going to talk about what he can bring. Is he a key for the Mavericks? Can he be the stopgap center? Is he better than Dwight Powell? But yes, Isaac is correct that we have to start with the biggest news of the day, and that's this. The Dallas Mavericks just can't keep taking L's like this. The Mavericks have like fostered this culture of, all right, well, hey, come on and join us, and then you can just leave whenever you want. And I'm really concerned about the departures from this team. And we've seen departures in the past. Jalen Brunson. People have talked about the departure of Chris Porzingis. They've talked about the departure of, you know, Luca potentially. Like, it could build into that. I think this is one more step to there. And I, I just don't understand what the Mavericks are doing with this. DeAndre Jordan commits, and then he's out. Again. It's like they, they keep on losing people. And it's like, some you know, somebody – gets in they see underneath the hood and then they're like hey we don't want to be here anymore we don't want this car anymore you said it it, it's just a it's a tough spot for dallas to be in when you lose somebody of that stature and that's exactly what happened today when adrian wojnowski reported that mavs assistant coach legend legendary mavs assistant coach ryan gates has left to go join the philadelphia 76ers another just write his name under jalen brunson (laughs) Biggest biggest losses in Mavs history. <laughs> yeah, but, honestly, I don't know. About Brian Gates <laughs> let me know all, in the comment so. section if you believed us for one second on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brian Gates gets a better job with the Sixers. He never actually was an assistant coach for the Mavericks. It was just kind of reported. And then uh, they didn't play any games because <laughs> the season didn't start. So, hey, good for him to go get a better job for him and his family. Uh, this is not one of the worst losses in Mavs history. We just thought that would be funny. And so now, now here we are. <laughs> Uh, let me know in the comments if you fell for that at all, because I bet some people did. I can't wait to watch the live stream. Have fun, Brian. I don't know if you're related to Bill, uh, but 
Yeah, good luck. We'll re- we'll remember you when we play the the Sixers, and we'll point him out and be like Mavs legendary assistant coach Brian Gates, who never actually coached for the. Does Mavs. he have the inside info from the Mavs? Yeah, <laughs> you know he coached for the Mavericks. He was assistant coach over the off season, and so he's got that the coach's inside- polo is going to be worth something. The quarter zip. The quarter zip. The quarter zip that all the women like. All right, let's get into Rashawn Holmes, though. So the Mavericks trade, like I said at the beginning, the Mavericks traded and acquired Rashawn Holmes so that they could get the 24th pick and draft Olivier Maxence Prosper, who we all love, who has now has a very special place in all of our hearts, and we love him so much. And so they did that just to acquire, and the the Kings were able, wanted to give Rashawn Holmes away and they paid the price of that draft pick just to send it to the Mavericks so that they didn't have to deal with it so that they could clear some cap space basically so that they could just sign back all their guys but what is Rashawn Holmes actually we haven't really talked about him too much so we wanted to do a deep dive into where Rashawn Holmes could be and let's just start here Rashawn Holmes is listed at 610 some places 68 other places let's just say I think he's about the same size as Dwight and Maxie I think they're they're probably all about the same the same height, 6'9", 6'10", something like that. But he does have a 7'2 wingspan. And he was a pretty decent center for the Kings for a couple of years. Not last year, but the three years prior to that, he played a bunch of games. He started a bunch of games, played about 25 to 29 minutes a game. He's a really good pick-and-roll player. Um, He is a little bit smaller, but can Rashawn Holmes be the stopgap center? I think that's the first thing. Is he the key for the Mavericks to be that stopgap center they've been looking for? Yeah, you know, it's a... Obviously, we you know, did, dug a little deeper for this podcast on on Holmes and looking at some of his past numbers, uh, looking at what really happened in Sacramento for yeah. him to go from that 2020-2021 season, the COVID season, basically, where he started every game to and where he averaged you know 14-8, which I have some stuff on that in a second. But how did he go from that to hardly playing at all for a Sacramento team? Um, that had like the best regular season in a long time went to playoffs and all this stuff. Um, but to rewind just a little bit, you know, he's 29. So it, that's surprising. Just a little bit. feels like he's been in the league a little bit longer. I would have guessed like 31 maybe. Um, but 29, I think he turns 30 later on this October. He was in the 2015 draft. Nick, can you tell me anybody in the top five in the 2015 draft? This was the Wiggins draft. Carl Anthony Towns went Towns? number one. This is the Towns, uh, Jaleel Okafor, Porzingis. Yeah. Number Who two, else? Russell went to the oh, Lakers. Russell. Okafor to Philly, Porzingis to the Knicks, and Hazonia to Orlando. This That's is also the draft right there. <laughs> yeah, this is also the draft with Willie Cauley Stein. Uh, Miles Turner went 11th uh, in this in this draft. Terry Rozier, let's go. Um, <laughs> This is the draft that Dallas took legend Justin Anderson Simba, from Virginia. Remember who you are. You look at some of the second round picks, though, in that draft. You're looking at uh, Montrez Harrell. You're looking at Willie Hernan Gomavs, Rashawn Holmes, Josh Richardson, Pat Connaughton. So Norm Powell went 46. Anyway, Rashawn Holmes went 37th. When you look at some of his stuff um, coming out of high school, it's it's pretty fascinating because he didn't get recruited to a lot of big schools because he had this like massive gr- growth spurt. He was six two in high school and then he jumped all the way up to <laughs> six nine, six ten. I'm like, where where was that growth spurt for me? I know, I right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, he goes to a small school, then he transfers, goes to Bowling Green, 
Um, then he comes out into the draft as this like athletic shot blocking, um, but energy big who can roll to the basket, have a lot of dunks. And Philly obviously takes, you know, takes a shot at him there in the second round. And he plays three years in Philly. Uh, he comes off the bench. He plays one year in Phoenix, but then he goes to Sacramento and, uh, okay, real, real quick. <laughs> I meant to say this, what the draft will go. Not that people really care about it, but I went down the rabbit hole of where this draft pick, the 37th overall pick, where it came from, because it hopped around different teams. Fun fact, the 37th overall pick was a part of the Carmelo Anthony trade from <laughs> the Nuggets to the Knicks and then hopped around to a bunch of different teams before it landed. Really. What was the question I asked you like five minutes ago? I don't know. I just want to throw that in there because I was like, oh, fascinating. How's he connected to Carmelo Mello going from Denver to the Knicks? I feel like Mike Breed talking to Jeff Van Gundy right now. And this is why Jeff doesn't have a job. I'm just kidding. Um, Careful. He might, he might come join the Mavs. He might. We, we probably need him. But I go back to Jeff the question. I go back to this question of how good was he? It, just a few years ago, I go back to that 2020, 2021 season and say, all right, you averaged 14, eight and one. Why did you like that? And before that, before you're like, Hey, that sounds kind of like whatever, you know, it doesn't sound too impressive. There are only five players who did that that season. All right. That was MB uh, or there are only five players who did that last season in the NBA. Like if he came to Dallas and put up the numbers that he did, in that 2020 2021 season of 14 8 in one block a game there's five players who did that last year Joel Embiid, Jared Allen, Anthony Davis, Mobley and Porzingis. So, wow. It does show you that 14 8 in one is at least something that that is respectable around the league that yeah. So, uh did that answer any bit of your question? I don't know. <laughs> but can he put up the numbers he did in 2020 2021? I think he can, especially playing with Luka Doncic and a Kyrie Irving. Coming up next, let's answer more of Nick's questions. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America, the number one sportsbook in our hearts. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel. Get 10 times your Ooh. first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. So you can get uh, – you'll – you just bet 20 bucks and you could land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can get that. They have all kinds of stuff. We talked about some bets on Locked on NBA last week. They've got MVP already. Luka Doncic, third for MVP right now. Jokic is plus 430. Giannis is plus 500. Luka is plus 650. That's probably the best odds that you can get on Luka MVP for the last like three years going into the season. So you want to put some money down on Luka, you can, and you could do it with a no, uh, you know, bet and you can get up to 10 times your amount. If you put down 20 bucks, you can win $200 fanduel.com slash locked on again, fanduel.com slash locked on. Thanks everybody for hanging out with us on locked on maps, being part of the show, part of the raccoon squad, being in every day or listening every day. We appreciate each and every one of you. All right, Isaac, let's get into Rashawn Holmes. Can he be the stopgap center? We learned some things about Rashawn Holmes early Did on. Did you want me to just say yes or no? Yes. Back to you, Nick. <laughs> I just wanted to. I just wanted to have a conversation. <laughs> uh, 
With Rashawn Holmes, though, can he be this? I think there's a possibility. He's going to get a chance, right? Like, he is going to get a chance with him. Dwight Powell, Lively is going to be taken along slowly. But if Lively shows that he's ready right away, if he, he comes out and he's Walker Kessler, like Walker Kessler was last year, then I don't think that either of these two guys are standing in the way of him. So all three of them are going to get some kind of shot. Uh, we still know that they are still looking for another center. So this might not even be it. But with Rashawn Holmes, it feels like, at this point, feels like he's going to be on the roster because you can only trade him by himself. You can't aggregate him with other players because they brought him in that trade exception and all that. So they, and the deal became official and they didn't expand it to anything like that and all that. Uh, let's talk about what, Dw- what Rashawn Holmes can bring. Offensively, incredible role, man. Like, like really, really mm-hmm. good. When he hooked up with Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Halliburton, I think was only there his rookie year with him. And when he played, it was an incredible incredible run for him i mean he was just he is great on the, the pick and roll uh per synergy if you look up synergy they have all the numbers for pick and roll and then they have a rating it goes from excellent is the best to like poor is the, the lowest he rated very good excellent and very good the three years he played the most for the sacramento kings uh so that's that's very good that's very good it's very good to add, excellent on there yeah if i could add to that that excellent season that 2020 season yeah um he was when you when you break that down to at least players who had 200 possessions as the role man, uh, he was fourth overall in points per possession behind DeAndre Ayton, Bam, and Rudy Gobert as the role man. And mm. then after after that <clears throat> was Capella, Jokic, John Collins. So yeah, he's there with like the elite rim rollers in the league that year. Whenever he got the chance, and that was the year he started all 60, you know, one games for for the Kings during the COVID year. Yeah, you put him with a good, you put him with a good ball handler, a good pick and roll player, and he's gonna he's gonna hit. Like, he reminds me of Dwight Powell in a lot of things that he can do, but I think he can get up a little bit more. He's got a longer wingspan. I think he can jump a little bit higher than Dwight Powell, especially Dwight Powell post his, uh, you know, Achilles injury or Dwight Powell Achilles or ACL. Yeah, Achilles. Achilles, right? Uh, my instincts were correct. Wrote a whole story about this. So <laughs> yeah, right. He can he can like jam down on anybody, and he has really really good timing. I think a lot of that is t- comes around, comes along with timing. It's something we never really saw Christian Wood get in or JaVale McGee really get in with with Luka Doncic and figure out that timing. It happened a couple times, and you'd feel really good about it. But there's something about timing with a ball handler, and Rashawn Holmes seems to have that with anybody he plays with. The other thing about his rolling is he's got this push shot. That yeah. the only thing everybody knows about him, <laughs> but it's it's real. He's got this push shot around the free throw line and a little bit, couple feet in of the free throw line. He takes the ball with one hand and just honestly just pushes it like uh, it's a floater, but it's a forward floater that he hits. It doesn't go up; it goes like forward, and it kind of allows the ball handler a different kind of space in pick and rolls. And I think Luca's going to really thrive with this and Kyrie too, because. Then all of a sudden you have a roll man that's not necessarily in front of the ball handler because a lot of times guy sets a screen, they roll, and then they're in front of the ball handler. So they're bringing a different defender with them towards the rim. And then all of a sudden the, the ball handler has to make a decision because they've got the their guy behind them and then they got the other defender in front of them with the roll man. But Rashawn Holmes can set a screen and he can trail. It's not a He doesn't pop out to the three-point line. He trails and then you can kick back to him. And if Luca takes both defenders with him, Rashawn Holmes is wide open behind you and he can hit that push shot. Like it just creates a different kind of spacing that I think could be really helpful for the Mavs because Dwight can't do that. Maxi can't do that. None of the players that Luca's played with, except maybe Porzingis, have been able to do that. Yeah, we talk about uh, bigs having touch around the rim a lot. And some of them's just, hey, they have to just catch the 
catch the lob and dunk yeah. it uh, because they just don't have the touch around the rim. He has the touch. And you look at Synergy and you start looking at, you know, they break down shots around the rim of like layups, dunks, and runners. It's not every day you see, you know, you see big men with the the numbers and percentages and points per possession uh, in the runners category, yeah. you know, for that those little running push shots. Uh, and all the shots around the rim, really, it's not just the dunks for him. So he's going to get like, you, you know, to your point, he's going to get those all day playing with Luca and Kyrie who drive to the basket, draw the defenders. And he just has this you know, any place, any room he has around the rim. If he's not catching a lob, he can get it and just toss it up. And it's easy points. And offensively, he's not doing anything else besides that, right? Like he's not taking any threes. He's not taking any jumpers. He's taking that push shot. He's picking and rolling. And that's what the Mavericks want to do. They want to run that. And now they have two guys in Dwight and in Rashawn Holmes. It'll be very, very good in that. And Lively, we think, is going to be very good in pick and roll as well. My, my Here's where my um, thoughts are with the starting center thing. One, they are still shopping for the starting big. But let's just yeah. say they they – they go into camp with the three guys my i want Derek lively to start my heart says holmes will start if i had to bet dwight would start interesting that's where the, that's where uh i'm at right now um but the more thing can, can i go back to the question though because i think some people will listen to this podcast and yes be like, please <laughs> some people <laughs> Some people will go because I think this is the basis of, every, of what a lot of Mavs fans are thinking right now is, OK, we're seeing Mavs accounts. We're seeing us talk about it. And we're like, dude, he's taking roll numbers are great. He can yeah. you know do this, do this. Why the heck was he not playing for Sacramento? So I go back to it. And it's like everything changed for him on the Sabonis trade. Yeah. Everything. His entire like. Honestly, his whole future with the Kings changed with the with the you know the Sabonis trade. They ship out Halliburton for Sabonis. That was such a like I mean everybody was like, what the heck is going on? What a wild trade trading a young player in Halliburton. But they get Sabonis in and it changes their whole style in, in their front court because Holmes is the rim running big who, like you said, doesn't shoot, doesn't do any of the other stuff, very defined big man role. And they're like, hey, we want Sabonis to play the five. And to, and to kind of they had to shift everything around having Sabonis as an all-star, as now you have a cornerstone piece in Sabonis, who is a better player, obviously. And they're running Harrison Barnes. They're running Trey Lyles and playing with Sabonis. And then so that automatically pushes Rashawn Holmes to the bench. And then it's this decision for Sacramento of, all right, do we have the rim rolling big in Rashawn Holmes who doesn't shoot at all? Or do we give the minutes to a little bit younger Metu, who actually steps out? Shout out to the day he hit the game-winning three against <laughs> Dallas and caused a riot on Mavs Twitter. Who can actually step out and shoot some threes and stuff too? So then it was this battle between both of those guys, and so and then that, his role in Sacramento was just never the same after that. Right. There was a the next year in 2022. There was a moment I was looking at uh, some some of the games that where he did get to play a lot after that. Sabonis sets out against the Lakers uh, that next season. He has an illness. Rashawn Holmes is thrust into the starting lineup, and what happens? He puts up 16 and 11. He hits all the shots he had. His energy, everything. And I read the story about you know it's De'Aaron Fox. These players talking about him being a professional, how he stay ready, how he still you know he still has it. It's just they just chose to go a different direction they had a chance to get an all-star in Sabonis and they had to shift some so it made me in researching that in that situation 
it made me really kind of shift my mindset a little bit on it of, okay, it's not that you just started sucking and it's not that you just can't like, he couldn't play anymore, whatever. They had the chance to get an all-star and then they had to shift things around their all-star. And that kind of made some of this stuff happen. So, and, and to your point, he didn't just lose his minutes to like Chemezi Metsu, like, like you mentioned. DeMontis yeah. Sabonis came in and was their center, played 100% of his minutes at center. They wanted him to be the center. They wanted to play that. We're going to move the ball around a lot. We're going to play a little faster. We're going to do all these things. And then Trey Lyles played 40% of his minutes at center. So when he was coming in, he was either playing with Sabonis or by himself as the five because they wanted that spacing. And they couldn't get that spacing with Rashawn Holmes. And then... If they're going to go with the backup five, they needed somebody that was that was, that's that's big that could rebound, and they went with Alex Len. That was like their their backup backup. And they acquired him later. I think they acquired him later in the year, um, and so that that's where they went with their big rotation. After that, Rashawn Holmes is just not part of the picture. Mike Brown just decided that Mike Brown, coach of the year, decided he didn't want to play. So I don't know what to, <laughs> what to make of that. Make of that. But yeah. coming up, I want to talk about how Rashawn Holmes is different than Dwight Powell because they're kind of the same player, but there's a couple of differences especially statistically that I have that I want to talk about. And then we'll talk about his defense as well coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk about how Rashawn Holmes is different than Dwight Powell. Let's do his his defense first because we just did his, we just talked about his offense, talked about why he missed time with the Sixers or why he wasn't playing for the six, for for the Kings. He was part of the process Mm -hmm. Sixers. And I just noticed that like the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast sponsors his Basketball reference page. I thought that was really funny. That is funny. Uh, but defensively, he's like 6'8", 6'10". So we're going to come in. We're going to run into the same exact problems we've run in with Dwight Powell and others. He does have a 7'2 wingspan, so that helps him out a lot to be able to, you know, get in passing lanes and do stuff like that. He can also get out and switch and move. So the Mavericks can run the same kinds of things they ran with Dwight Powell. When you looked at the difference between JaVale McGee and Dwight Powell, you noticed a clear difference. I remember that first game where they put Dwight Powell back in after JaVale was starting and everyone just goes, oh my gosh, this team looks so different. Their defense just looks so much more engaged and faster and quicker. Rashawn Holmes is going to do those same kind of things. We're not going to have the same problem we had when we first saw JaVale McGee playing that defense. Yeah, it's going to be, fa- like you said, a lot. you're not changing up any of your defensive stuff when you swap Dwight Powell out for him. Uh, you're still going to have the same you know, minuses weaknesses in that whenever you play some of the bigger, you know, centers in the league that, um, but you're going to get energy and effort. You know, I, I think there was, there was a quote I came across from uh, the King's owner Vivek and him talk about just how much is a given every single night. You're going to get the energy and effort from him. Um, That's even going back to his draft days. That's just part of him. Very similar to Dwight Powell uh, in that case. I would say that uh, I would say a little bit difference for them is I think Rashawn Holmes protects the rim a little bit more than what Dwight does. And he can he can block a few more shots uh, around there than what Dwight does. But, yeah, it, they are similar players, to what like what you're saying. The numbers would agree with you. Uh, Dwight Powell and Rashawn Holmes defending shots six feet and in. And I'm going back to the 2021-22 season, the last time Rashawn Holmes played really well. Rashawn Holmes allowed 53.7% of shots at the rim, which was a really good number at the time. Dwight Powell allowed 63.6%. So 10 percentage points worse was Dwight Powell the last year that Rashawn Holmes played. That's that's big. So Rashawn Holmes, better at defending the rim in that year. The year before that, um, 
Rashawn Holmes fifth allowed 55%. Still a really good number. Dwight Powell, 60%. So five percentage points difference. But Rashawn Holmes, like you said, a little bit better defending the rim, at least statistically. And uh, it goes to all of his other physical advantages. He's, he's a little bit wingspan, a little bit longer. He's a little bit springier, which is kind of wild to think <laughs> between him and Dwight Powell. Um, but he stopped some more, sh- more shots at the rim. Um, the other thing that's different between them is rebounding. And this is going to make some abs fans happy <laughs> per 30. Yeah. If you just look at per 36 numbers over the last three years. So let's look at the last three seasons. So when Rashawn Holmes actually played a lot, Rashawn Holmes was about 10.2 rebounds per 36 minutes. Dwight Powell is about at eight. So if you look at that at rebound rate, Rashawn Holmes rebounding rate is a lot higher than, than what Dwight Powell's is. Their offensive rebounding rate is the same. They're both, you know, grabbing about three offensive rebounds per 36 minutes. So that's going to be the same. We're still going to have that as an issue for the Mavericks, but yeah. Sean Holmes is going to grab a couple more defense and their block numbers per 36 for Sean Holmes blocked 1.7 shots a game. Dwight Powell only 0.8 blocks per game. So we're going to get a couple more blocks with Rashawn Holmes too, which is really good. And then if you look at their defensive rebounding rate over the last three, the three years that Rashawn Holmes played a lot for the Kings, this is where they ranked per, ranked percentage wise, like percentile. So Rashawn Holmes is in the 64th percentile, the 62nd percentile, the 57th percentile. So right in that like 50 to 65 range, okay? Dwight Powell was in the 18th, the 34th, and the 14th percentile. So between like the 10th and the 30th, that is such a big gap right there. So just in terms of who gobbles up more defensive rebounds, Rashawn Holmes gets a ton more than what Dwight Powell does statistically. Holmes is a better rebounder. That is that that is the analysis. Thank you for analyzing my numbers. We appreciate you guys for hanging out. This unlocked up math. Uh, I'd say another way they're similar is they're both not shooting the three. I'd say Dwight. If I had to pick somebody in the three point shootout, probably be Dwight. Um, but neither one of those guys are picking pop guys, so right. it's not happening. So where so where are we? Is where's what's Rashawn Holmes's role actually going to be? Let's talk about that because we talked about what he is. What's his role actually going to be now? Yeah. I've actually uh, flipped on a little bit, you know, I've been open. I, I think if those three lively should be the starter, but um, I, th- I actually think Holmes is going to be the starter. If it's, if it's not, if they don't go the rookie spot, um, we heard, we are, I know you're, you laughed the other day, but like Mark Cuban really hyped him up on that serious XM. I think Isaac, he's the most underrated pickup of the entire summer, the whole <laughs> um, summer. What was the direct Nico quote of like Rashawn Holmes said? Rashawn Holmes said he's he's happy to get out. He's been in jail for the last two years and he's happy to get out of it. <laughs> um, it's just it feels like people you talk to around the team that they're just they're excited to have him and it wasn't just a they're not talking about him in a way of uh, there, there's a way there's a non I'll say there's non PR there's a <laughs> yeah well there, there's a way that you can kind of read between the lines especially if when you know you follow the NBA for a while and you could see some quotes of like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, when, when they brought in Christian wood at, you know, the draft last year, they didn't declare him as the starting center. They didn't declare him as a star next to Luca. They didn't declare him like all this stuff. You saw pretty like, uh, like you read between the lines with Nico of saying, Hey, he's got to prove us some stuff. We got to prove him some stuff. Let's see what it looks like. Like you could pretty much see it like, all right, like, it was a low cost, low risk, you know, swing at a Christian Wood, and I think he can kind of do the same with Rashawn Holmes in, in this. 
they they feel pretty excited about having the chance to see what he's got and to see like on paper if you get 2020 you know Rashawn Holmes then he, yes he is an incredible stopgap option of like what you want at that spot doesn't give you the size and stuff that you would prefer but rim rolling all the stuff in Dwight but a little bit better than Dwight then yes that that's that's what you want in a stopgap center because that's what they want in the five spot uh you know playing with Luca and Kyrie so plus he had an incredible tweet back a few years ago uh, about Dirk and this will win some Mavs fans hearts over he tweeted out and said the 2011 championship was the hardest ring out there that that's Dirk right won. that's I'm correct like, put his number in the rafters now <laughs> Uh, I also want to say that. Can I say this real quick? Some people have hold on. Uh, you, left this. You, you got to say the thing. Hey, one more thing. Next time, don't wait till it's three seconds left to talk. <laughs> and it's kind of like a serious note, but I've seen some people reach out to us about it and shoot uh, some comments, whatever, about his uh, custody battle with yes. his his son. Just go read the story. That's us all. I'm gonna say, like it. It was. Uh, yes, it was settled back last year. He has full custody of his son. The the court, you know, ruled that for him to have uh, full custody and uh, just go read the story before, e- even when I was going back and doing more research on it and just looking at some of the headlines, it's like, wow, like just throwing out headlines left and right. But um, just go, just go read the story. E- even recently over the last you know, like few months, uh, he actually went back and sued, you know, tried to sue one of the they, newspapers there in Sacramento. It, he for did he, how they he, reported on that story. He did sue. He sued the Sacramento Bee, and they recently just settled, uh, like in the yeah. last like couple days or so, on that story. But yeah, I did want to mention that that there was this. There's a whole story between him and he did get custody of his son. So I, I think it's. I think that now becomes a non-story. So no, I I agree. And even one of the uh, last lines of that of when the court ruled for him to have full custody of his son, that one of the last lines of one of the stories said was like, "Hey, this should like." For teams, this is a, a good sign for teams that yeah. were watching the situation. But just go read that and, and everything. And from Matt George and from everybody that we we heard from, he was a great teammate. People, you know, people loved him. Fans loved him. Like he's a very well liked him and beloved player. There, uh, he just wasn't in their cards anymore when they got Demonte Sabonis, Trey Lyles, and decided to go in this whole direction. So, will he be the stopgap center? Maybe Isaac's head says so. Was it, was it your head? My heart. Your heart, your heart said Rashawn Holmes would. Uh, I want lively. My heart says Holmes. If I had to bet right now, bet everything I have, I would have. I would just b- put money on Dwight. I think you've got the heart and the the head confused there because I think your heart would say lively. I mean, however you want to word it. Head to toe, Rashawn Holmes could be the stopgap yeah. center, and so we'll see what happens with that. But that's what he is. Let us know in the comment section. Do you think he's better than Dwight Powell right now? And uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking more Dallas Mavericks, breaking down what the Mavericks have done this offseason. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.